Hey, and welcome back to the FFP. Thank you so much for joining us here today for our week seven start sit video. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below and feel free to leave a comment with any thoughts or questions that you have and we will do our best to answer those, hopefully give you some more advice. One thing we want to mention is that we will update you guys on Friday and if we don't talk about a guy, you can safely assume to sit him. I'll pass it over to Rob real quick to mention something. Yeah, you talked about if we don't mention a guy, you should sit him. Now, we know there's always going to be exceptions out there. It's impossible to cover all the different settings, scoring systems. Every league is so vastly different. Your bench depth, waiver wire availability, we just cannot get into it all. So we do the best that we can to give you some principles that you have to flex or contextualize into your league. And so when we say if we don't mention a name, you should sit him. We understand there's a 5% chance out there that there might be a guy that we would almost always say sit, but you may not have other options. So once again, it's important that you're flexible in the information that we give you. If you're not sure, like you have said before many times, give us as much information about your league as possible scoring system players bench availability and we'll try to answer that it's getting harder and harder to do more questions are coming in but once again uh that's why we say be flexible and if we don't mention a name assume sit that guy all right so thank you rob for that let's get started i believe you have the thursday game this week which i believe is the chiefs plan let's look at the chiefs versus the broncos in this one i'll start with the chiefs players pat mahomes uh, I want to start by admitting as owners, we can be really spoiled at times. So if he doesn't go out there and have 400 passing yards and four TDs, we're like, what's wrong with this guy? We need to relax. He's going to be fine, and he is fine. Had they figured out a way to slow him down? Yes, but they are not going to stop him. He's still a very, very good quarterback. Now, this week, he plays the Broncos, allowed the third fewest points to quarterbacks. That's even without a defensive lineman shove there. They look tough on defense. They're playing better there. Now, some of those numbers were padded against what I would say are below-average quarterbacks. They did it against Carr, Trubinsky, uh, rookie quarterback Minshew has been really good, but he's still a rookie, and against Marcus Mariota. Now, the Broncos did face Aaron Rodgers, but it was a lopsided affair in which Rodgers didn't need to throw the ball much in that one. So um, he could have a down week. But even in a down week, earlier this year, Pat Mahomes had one game. He didn't throw for one passing touchdown in that one, yet still scored 20 fantasy points. He's averaging 25 fantasy points per game on the season. Uh, Tyreek Hill's back. That's a huge boost for him. Don't get cute with this one-star Pat Mahomes in this game. Uh, even though he might have a little bit lower floor than normal, he's still great. As far as running backs go, start uh, with LaShawn McCoy. Now, last week, a lot of people, at least some of you people at the Crucified Christian, for saying that McCoy was their lead back. We got into a lot of metrics about that and shared. Some people are just not hearing it. But you know what? That week proved our point. McCoy out carries Williams 8-1. to one. And on the year, McCoy has been a far more effective and efficient running back. It's not even close. McCoy's yards per carry are 5.4 to Williams 2.0. McCoy has a great resume. Now, Williams did have a receiving touchdown last week to salvage his week, but his two touches in that game are concerning, right? Like we just don't know what's happening there, what's going to happen with his role. Now, it's easy to say, well, Williams is a better pass catching back, and he's going to be used there, and that's certainly true. He's a good blocker, they've said. Um, but McCoy is also a very good receiver out of the backfield. And the second point, and this is really not even up for debate, is McCoy is the much more established pure runner by far. It's not even close when you look at that. Now they're playing Denver, allows the six most points to running backs. Now that looks good initially, like, okay, they can run the ball. Denver's allowing six most points to running backs. But if you take away Leonard Fournette's 225 yard game versus them, they've actually been pretty stout versus the run. Minus Leonard Fournette's game, they're only allowing 3.34 yards per carry to backs. That defense has tightened up quite a bit there. They're only allowing 17.7 points per game there. So they're not going to stop Pat Mahomes in this offense, but they could definitely slow it down. Now, it's hard to trust any backs in the situation unless a couple things happen. One, there's an injury. One of them gets hurt, and that allows more touches for others. Or we see what I would say a significant increase in usage for one back over a period of time that would show a trustworthy pattern. That's what we need to see to begin to trust any of these backs here or there. Now, if you look at McCoy, the two games that Williams wasn't there, he actually averaged 20 points per game in PPR league scoring, but Damian Williams is back, so it muddies the waters. 
Now, one might argue that Williams can be started in PPR league scoring because he catches the ball at the backfield. He's got great hands. But last three weeks, he's told you having 2.3 catches per game. That's not very good. You don't want to depend on that. And then you add to this, what's made it even more complicated is Darrell Williams has now played well, and he's carved out a role for himself also there. So here's my expectation. McCoy, um, he will stay and settle into that lead back role, but he'll have a limited ceiling due to the other weapons that are there and snaps being spread out. Now, if you have to go with one, McCoy is going to be the guy that I would say you should go with. But I would say if you can sit him, that's great. If you have to start him, it would have to be in large leagues around a running back three. In the meantime, it's just safer to sit him until we have more clarity as far as their usage goes there. Now, what I do want to hear this week is some uh, information. I'm excited to hear what the coach coaches say about, uh, I should say, the Chiefs, co <laughs> the Chiefs coaches say about that running back situation there. Maybe that will give us some clarity there. Um, I would sit both Williams in this one. Unless, let's say, one of them get hurt. As far as wide receivers go, Tyree Kill. Uh, the wide receiver won return last week, and that helped Pat Mahomes and fantasy owners. He had 80 yards and two touchdowns. Now he's back. You're going to start him every week. He's very good. But this week, he does face Chris Harris. Now, Chris Harris is a top corner who kept Hill in check last season. So normally, Hill is a wide receiver one, but this week, he's a wide receiver two start. Now, we've commented on the situation previously, but the other wide receivers for the Chiefs. Okay, this is another one where we got a little bit of pushback on this. But... Yeah, there are numbers to be had there. There are stats to be had. Yes, this offense is prolific, but it's really hard to pin down usage. You're playing Russian roulette with this. How many owners last week got a zero who started Robinson? In fact, I played against one owner who started him and got a zero. Loved it, by the way. It helped me beat him. Which guy could you trust after that, after Tyreek Hill? Well, if you look at Hardman, I think he would probably say he's got the most upside and consistency. But you also have Pringle there, Robinson, Sammy's going to be back. You got Kelsey, too. So for me specifically in this matchup and with the injury point that, report that we currently have, an injury report that we currently have, by the way, goes on to say uh, that Ian Rappaport has said that they think that Watkins could suit up against the Broncos. So with all those wide receivers, look like they're going to play at this point. All the other wide receivers for me really found a wide receiver four or five range there, and I would sit all them unless you have to play somebody and you're in a real pinch. Uh, if you have to play somebody at this point, uh, it could end up great for you, um, or you could end up like last week with Robinson where they get you a zero. I would find more dependable options as far as wide receivers go. As far as tight ends go, you got Travis Kelsey. He's a top five tight end every, every week. Doesn't matter who he plays, doesn't matter the matchup. You're going to start Travis Kelsey. And last year in two games versus Denver, he had two good games. Uh, Butker, um, in this offense, you start him weekly. He's a solid kicker there. Kansas City's defense. Now, Kansas City's defense, do you start him? Do you not start him? They're playing Denver, who like to play conservatively on offense. Now, besides the Packer game, you take that one out of there, that Denver Broncos offensive line is only allowed 1.8 sacks per game. Now, they've had two defenses that have played them that have had double-digit points, but against all other defense, they've only allowed 3.75 fantasy points there. Now, the Chief, the Chiefs' defense is vulnerable against the run. So what I see in this game is a heavy dose of Freeman and Lindsey, and a heavy dose of running typically decreases throws, which means less sacks and interceptions. I would sit the Chiefs' defense in this one, find a better option. As far as quarterback, let's start with Joe Flacco there. So the Chiefs could put a lot of points on the board. That could force Flacco to have to throw the ball a lot. It could be a volume play that would be solid. But if you look at his career, in his career, he's really been primarily a game manager with an occasional solid game there in fantasy based on the matchup. But if you look at this year, minus the Jags game, he's only thrown for 0.6 touchdown passes per game. They love to run the ball with Freeman and Lindsey. And Kenzie allows 161 rushing yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL. Sure, he pulls an occasional game like he did versus the Jaguars, but he carries a lot of risk. I would look to somebody else before you trust using Joe Flacco. I would sit him. Talked about running backs. I said Kansas allows a lot of yards against backs. Some examples are you look at Hyde, Kerryon Johnson, Marlon Mack, Jacobs, Ingram. They all torched him for over 100 yards rushing. They all had a 100 yards rushing. I guess I should qualify that by saying Jacobs had 99 yards, but um, you know it's basically the same.
Let's look at Philip Lindsay. Uh, he's a smaller back that should be preferred PPR leagues, and Freeman getting the goal line carry should be better in standard leagues, but they really have reverse roles. If you take a look at it, Lindsay's clue to getting the goal line carry. He's got four rushing touchdowns in the last four games, while he had nine last year. He's a talented back, capable of huge games, but concern is him and Freeman are splitting almost exactly down the middle as far as touches go. In fact, if you look at our average touches per game, Lindsay's got 14 carries on the average per game and three catches. That's 17 touches per game. Freeman got 11 carries per game and 3.5 catches for 15 touches. So 17 to 15 touches per game is a pretty even split. Now, if you look at Lindsay, he's got uh, averaging 90 total yards per game. So I would start him this week as a solid running back two in a great matchup. As far as Freeman goes, um, he's played really well in a running back by committee. He's a very solid pass catching back. In fact, he's got 21 catches for the year. His yards per carry are over four, and he's consistent getting double digit carries. Now, normally he's a guy that I'd say you probably should sit, but based on the matchup this week against Kansas City and the fact they're very vulnerable to the run, I would start him as a running back three or flex in PPR leagues that are 14 teams or larger. I see. I think both backs will get huge volume in this game. As far as wide receivers go, you got Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's had three really good games. He's had three really bad games. In the bad games, he's averaging 6.3 receiving yards per game. In the good games, he's averaging 96 receiving yards per game, but now he's dealing with a knee injury, so I would sit him. Corlin Sutton. Um, Sutton. Even a tougher match versus the Titans, he had a pretty good numbers there, 76 yards receiving in a game that they didn't have to throw the ball very much. Every week, he begins to solidify himself more and more as a future wide receiver one. And in fantasy, it looks like in the future, he's going to really settle into a very solid wide receiver two role there. I would start him this week as a wide receiver two in this matchup. I would sit all other wide receivers. Uh, tight end, no one fans, uh, sit him. Uh, any other tight ends that might be playing for there have not carved out a significant role, haven't done enough that we can trust them. Kicker McManus, a uh, strong-legged kicker there, right, for Denver McManus. I will. Last week we said you should start him. Uh, we think a nice week again is ahead of him. I, I would start him. I think he could get double-digit points for you there. Denver's defense, uh, they killed it last week. Now, two of the last three weeks, they got 12 sacks, but the other four games, they've had zero sacks. And Pat Mahomes is capable of dismantling a defense, so I would sit the Denver defense. Thank you for that breakdown, Rob. Now, I get to talk about the Rams versus the Falcons, and I'd like to start off with the Atlanta Falcons so I can mention Matt Ryan, who's been absolutely ridiculous this season. I've never seen a quarterback do this before, but in every single game this year, he has thrown for over 300 passing yards, and he's on pace for 40 touchdown passes. I think Matt Ryan is a must-start. Not only that, but he's got a great matchup against a Rams pass defense that has seriously struggled. They had back-to-back -back games allowing four touchdown passes before last week, that snap was streaked, but that was because Jimmy Garoppolo is not an amazing quarterback and the 49ers won 20-7, so they simply didn't need him to do a lot. But again, the two previous weeks, they were absolutely lit up by quarterbacks, making Matt Ryan almost a must play. We're going to talk more about his weapons, but another reason being, man, he has got so many phenomenal guys to throw the ball to. And let's go to Devonta Freeman. He has been an absolute PPR stud. In fact, uh, he is on pace for the most catches in a season that he has ever had, which is a surprising feat for a guy who's already been good at that and has really been considered a bit of a disappointment this season. And that's what I like to address. I think He's really let some people down. His 3.5 yards per carry has not been great. And yet when you break down his fantasy numbers, he's still been good. His standard league value is very low, but his PPR value is through the roof. In fact, when you break this down, He's actually 14th in fantasy scoring among running backs uh, this season. Over the last three weeks, he is 10th. And over the last two weeks, he is actually 5th. He has very, very much been turning things around from a slow start to the season. And in PPR leagues, he's a guy you need to start. Running back Ido Smith, um, he's just seen less and less usage as Devonta Freeman has really started to figure some things out this season. Sit Smith and just kind of give you an update on that. 
Julio Jones, the guy you got to start. The, uh, the Rams, excuse me, have given up six touchdown passes to wide receivers in the last three games. Julio Jones is already a guy you're going to start almost no matter the matchup. And this easy and very good matchup means you definitely have to play him. Calvin Ridley is in the same boat. This guy is averaging a touchdown every six and a half receptions. The NFL average is a touchdown every 12 receptions. So he is doubling that touchdown production. He's not a big PPR guy. He's not a big yardage guy because they don't need him to be with Julio Jones and all these other weapons, um, but he's great in the red zone. He is great in the end zone. Calvin Ridley is a guy you got to start, especially in standard leagues. Mohamed Sanu had three good weeks in a row, but really came back down to earth last week, and that's sort of what we were expecting. Um, he had a good hot streak. Good for him. Always say play the hot hand, but he is not the hot hand anymore. I would avoid playing him. On the other side, we got to see Austin Hooper, who's really the opposite of that. This guy is a guy you absolutely must play. Another phenomenal week. He had eight targets, eight catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. He's really getting to the point where he is a must start at the tight end position. Now, he's only scored touchdowns in two games this season, um, so he is not quite as good in standard leagues, but either way, you're going to play him. His production has been phenomenal. I would sit kicker Matt Bryant. And I think you guys sit the Falcons defense, who over the last three weeks have combined for negative three fantasy points. So, of course, I would definitely avoid them. Look at the uh, Rams offense now and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a guy who I think you have to lean towards sitting. Now, this very much depends on the health of Todd Gurley. So let's talk about some things. Goff has a terrible 7-7 to -7 touchdown interception ratio, and he threw for just 78 yards last game. He is a low-end play if Todd Gurley starts. That offense is very effective with Todd Gurley. But if Todd Gurley is out, you absolutely need to sit Jared Goff. As far as an update for Todd Gurley, we don't know a lot right now. So I'm going to defer a lot of this to our Friday video. But he did have that bruised thigh and missed last week. He was actually close to playing, so it looks like he will be playing in this upcoming week versus the Falcons. But I do want to let you guys know that you should take that worth a grain of salt because we simply do not know much about him and his health right now. So don't take that as a promise or a guarantee. Make sure to keep checking that throughout the week. Now, if he does miss, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, we've gotten a lot of questions on that. Um, should we play them? I'm going to say no. They pretty much identically split in their role in the rushing game. One guy had 39 rushing yards, the other guy had 40. Now, Malcolm Brown didn't play so well, and Daryl Henderson had a little bit better yards per carry, but either way, they dead split for rushing yards. I don't think you can trust either of these guys, and it's only a matter of time till Todd Gurley comes back. Wide receiver Cooper Cup is a must, must start. He is third among fantasy wide receivers in points this season. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, they come in as wide receiver threes for me. Their production has been very, very limited. They come in a very difficult situation because if Todd Gurley misses, that offense struggles severely. If Todd Gurley plays, then there's simply a lot of weapons. Cooper Cup is hands down the number one wide receiver, and he is going to get his, right? But so is Todd Gurley. So if Todd Gurley plays, that offense is fine. You see a lot of the production going to Gurley and Cup. If Todd Gurley misses, that offense struggles, and that is going to seriously hurt their value. So for me, they come in as nothing more than wide receiver threes. Gerald Everett returned to what we really expected Gerald Everett to be after a couple of good weeks. He seems to be fairly fantasy irrelevant. I would sit him this week. I think you got to start Greg Zerline, and I would sit the Rams defense. So that's my breakdown for this game. As always, I would encourage you guys to leave a comment down below and ask questions on anything that I missed. And if I didn't discuss the guy, you can safely assume to sit him. 
Talk about the Dolphins versus the Bills in this one here. So before getting the Dolphins breakdown, can you start somebody from there? Who should you start? I want to first start talking about the Bills defense, right? I think that's important. We'll talk about them. So that defense is really good. They're fourth in league right now in points allowed. They're only allowing 14 points per game. They're third in total yards allowed. They're only allowing 275 total yards per game. They shut down Tom Brady, as we saw. Now they play the inept Dolphins. That Dolphins offense is not good. In fact, their last in league in points scored at 8.4. Not only is totaling 220 total yards per game. Okay, so a great defense versus a horrible offense. Now you look at Josh Rosen. Last week he got benched. Fitzpatrick came in. The coaches went out and seemed to indicate it looks like Josh Rosen is going to get the start again. So I would sit every player from Miami. That's it. I could give you breakdown numbers. It doesn't matter. The Bills defense is very good, and the Dolphins offense is very bad. Don't risk it with any of those players. If you can avoid, you should avoid all Dolphins players this week. Let's look at the uh, players, though, for the Bills. Talk about Josh Allen versus Miami allowing the most points to quarterbacks. Now, minus the pa Patriots game when Allen played the Patriots, right? He's averaging 20.49 fantasy points per game, uh, and he even did well against a very good Titans defense. But what I like about this guy, why I think he's a guy you can trust are his legs. Um, yeah, he's made some, he's improved as far as his quarterback rating goes. He's got to become a better passer. Still got to make some progress in those areas, but he's great at rushing. In fact, he's got three rushing touchdowns this year. He had eight last year. That's not a fluke. Also going to help. He's going to get one of his weapons back. Devin Singletary should be back in this game, and he's a great pass catching back there. So start him is a great stream this week. Don't hesitate to play Josh Allen in this matchup. As far as running backs go, get Devin Singletary. Uh, he went all the way pregame warm-ups in week five, but couldn't show enough to the trainers to play, so he was deactivated. But now he had that and the bye week, so it looks like he's ready to roll this week. I expect that he's going to play. And then you had Frank Gore. They're playing Miami, allowing the second most points to running backs. Now, last week in Miami, against another aging running back, Adrian Peterson, made him look like he was in his 20s again. He went out, he had 23 carries, 118 rushing yards. He ran all over that team. Now, Gore is another veteran who, in spite of his age, seems like he's not been restricting his usage. He's doing really well. In fact, I have to admit, I kept thinking this has got to be the year that the guy just finally loses effectiveness and can't play, but he's bucked father time. Um, Gore's been getting double-digit carries per game. In fact, he's averaged 15 carries per game. He's got a 4.4 yards per carry. That's very good. He's been efficient. Now, Devin, before the injury, looked great. Before he got hurt, he was having 12.7 yards per carry. 12.7 yards per carry is insanely high. Obviously, that's going to go down. In two games, he had 127 rushing yards and a touchdown. He added five catches in week one. So I would start Gore in this one as a strong running back two in standard leagues. I would still probably sit on PPRs. Um, he doesn't catch a lot of the ball in the backfield, not like he did when he was younger. Um, that, of course, is based on league size. If you have a really large PPR league, then maybe you'd play him. And so I would say that uh, sit him in PPR leagues that are 14 teams or under. If Devin plays, he's a running back two or flex playing PPR leagues. As far as wide receivers go, you got John Brown versus Miami allowing the ninth most points to wide receivers. Last week's uh, rookie Terry McLaurin had a big game versus them. Four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. They're only the ninth most points to wide receivers, but in reality, that number could be much worse. Um, honestly, they've been just tore apart. The Dolphins have been outscored 180 to 42. That's a 138-point differential. And what that tells you in the second half, teams have not needed to throw the ball against them, so that ninth most points to wide receivers could actually be much worse if they were ever in a close game. Now, Brown, um, he's not in what I would call high-scoring offense. He's not a prolific offense. The numbers aren't awe-inspiring, but they're very solid. 5.6 catches per game and 78 receiving yards. He's got a great play this week and start John Brown. In this matchup, he's a wide receiver, too. Uh, in smaller leagues or mid-sized leagues, he's a wide receiver, three. but you got to play John Brown. Uh, Cole Beasley, normally I like Cole Beasley in the right matchup. He can have PPR value as a flex play, but I'm assuming that his target's going to be lower in this game because I don't think they're going to need to throw the ball much, and so I would sit Cole Beasley. As far as tight ends go, you got Knox. He's young, he's developing, um, but they're probably not going to need to throw a lot, and he's still learning and growing as a tight end, and he's inconsistent, so I would sit him. Find another tight end that's more reliable to play in this one. Stephen Hoshka, I would start in a potential blowout. 
as far as Buffalo Bills defense go, you got to play them. They've got to be the best defensive start this week as far as all the defenses go out there. All right, now we'll take a look at the Jaguars versus the Bengals, and let's get started with the Jaguars and Gardner Minshew. Now, last week was quite a bit of a hiccup for that Jaguars team, but I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to be fine this week in a much easier matchup. Gardner Minshew, like I just mentioned, wasn't his best week last week, but he played a phenomenal Saints defense, very underrated, in fact. Um, but now he goes and plays the Bengals, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a very good week. If you exclude last week, Gardner Minshew is eighth in fantasy quarterback scoring. Far from the best starting quarterback that you could be putting in your lineup this week, uh, but also far from the worst. He should definitely crack some lineups, and he is very startable. Leonard Fournette is far more than startable. In fact, he is a must-start this week. The Bengals give it the most fantasy points to opposing running backs, and over the last three weeks, Fournette is eighth in targets, second in rushing attempts, and fifth in fantasy points among running backs in PPR league scoring. The numbers are, you just can't argue with the numbers. They say the stats don't lie, and that is completely true. DJ Chark, you know, before last week, DJ Chark was actually fifth in wide receiver scoring. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Again, last week was a hiccup, um, bumped down the charts a little bit, but he's going to recover this week. He's going to be just fine. D.D. Westbrook. Now, D.D. Westbrook is currently 44th among wide receivers in fantasy scoring. That's far from great, but when you account in things like injuries and bye weeks, I think he slides in for some people as a wide receiver three. Nothing to write home about, nothing exciting, but he is going to be a plug-and-play option. Now, James O'Shaughnessy is on the IR making Jeff Swaim, I believe that's how you say his name, the tight end this week. Do not start him. He's not a huge fantasy guy. Josh Lambeau is a kicker. He, again, he's not exciting. Josh Lambeau isn't, but you got to play him this week. Um, he's going to be, I guess, a pretty safe option is, I guess, the word that I would best use to describe him. I would also start the Jaguars defense against the Bengals to give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing defenses. The offense has been a bit of a mess or a bit inconsistent. So let's talk about that offense. Let's talk about the Bengals and Andy Dalton. I actually think Andy Dalton is the guy you got to play this week. Now that sounds a little bit weird, goes a little bit against what I just said about maybe starting the Jaguars defense. But one thing I always want to mention is quarterback can throw a lot of interceptions and allow a lot of fantasy points to an opposing defense and still have a good fantasy day. In fact, I started Jameis Winston last week. He threw five interceptions. Didn't matter. He got me 25 fantasy points. So we do have to separate the difference um, between a good defense and a good fantasy defense, a good quarterback and a good fantasy quarterback. Now, Dalton plays the Jaguars, giving up the 13th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That number already sounds pretty good, but it gets even even better when you realize they haven't been playing great quarterbacks. The last four games they've played Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Kyle Allen, and Teddy Bridgewater. And they've still allowed the 13th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. This is a good matchup. I'd start Andy Dalton this week. Now, Joe Mixon is another guy that I think you should play. Jake's give the ninth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And here's a funny thing. It was just a couple of weeks ago, they gave up four touchdowns to the Carolina Panthers running backs. Christian McCaffrey had three of those, one receiving and two rushing. But they also gave up, gave up a rushing touchdown to Reggie Bonahan. So it tells you it's not just how good McCaffrey is. It is as a whole that run defense is struggling. I'm not going to... Uh, I guess bash on the Jaguars too much, but that defense is far from what it used to be a couple of years ago. Tyler Boyd is a guy you got to start now. You guys always complain if I'm looking down at my phone too much. I'm going to do that a lot now because I, I definitely couldn't memorize some of this information, so I'm going to be looking down. My apologies for that, but Tyler Boyd struggled last week. He did. He struggled in a difficult matchup, but 
I wouldn't be too worried about it, and here's why. Last week, he had to line up across from cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who has been absolutely phenomenal this season. Marlon Humphrey has been very, very underrated. Now, as fantasy people, we don't study defensive players too much, but I'm a big nerd, and I do, so here's what I have found. Marlon Humphrey has allowed just one receiving touchdown on the season. He's allowed a completion percentage of 48%. That is absolutely awful, and a passer rating of 52. That is also horrendous. That already tells us he's a good cornerback, but that's nothing. That's nothing. That makes him sound like a pretty good cornerback, but that's nothing until you realize the wide receivers that he's faced this year, Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster, and finally Tyler Boyd. This guy has been electric. This guy is starting to kind of play to the point where any wide receiver against him makes me a little bit nervous fantasy-wise. So Tyler Boyd's going to bounce back this week after playing one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Now, A.J. Green. There were some rumors that he may return this week that is possible. However, coach Zach Taylor was very non-committal on the possibility of A.J. Green returning, um, again, recovering from that ankle injury that he had. I'm going to say I'm doubtful on him returning, though it is possible. If he does miss, Ross is out. You've just got Tyler Boyd there, the second guy being Auden Tate. He had eight catches off 18 targets, 117 yards, and one touchdown. This guy has huge value in green, and Ross are out. I think that he comes in as a wide receiver three, plug-and-play replacement or also a flex play moving on now to the tight ends kicker and defense Tyler uh, excuse me Tyler Eifert I would sit him I would sit Randy Bullock and I would sit the Bengals defense just to make that nice quick and easy but I will pass it back to Rob now that is my analysis for the Jaguars versus Bengals game How about the Detroit Lions versus my Minnesota Vikings? We'll start with the Detroit players. Start with Matthew Stafford playing Minnesota, allowing the 10th fewest points per game to quarterbacks. Now, Wentz and Matt Ryan did throw for 300 yards versus them, and they had over 20 fantasy points versus them, but that was in both cases blowouts where they had to throw the ball a lot to play catch-up in that one there. The Vikings defense is playing very well. They're six in points allowed in the NFL, only 15.5 per game. Seventh in pass defense, only allowing 218 passing yards per game. I would sit Matthew Stafford. Uh, last year, they smothered Stafford, the Vikings did. They came up with a game plan and just shut him down. Had zero TD passes, and he averaged 157 passing yards in both of those games. Bad sit, Matthew Stafford. What about on Johnson? Uh, Minnesota allows the fourth fewest points to running backs there. Now, minus one game, um, they really struggled to run the ball. If you look at that, uh, on Johnson right now has a 3.3 yards per carry. Last season was 5.4. They just cannot find running lanes for whatever reasons. Besides that Kansas City game, he's really struggled all year there. Now, he does have two rushing touchdowns. And he's a clear lead back at 17.4 carries per game. So that bodes well. He's going to get his carries. But his um, usage in the passing game um, will give you a little boost. But he's not significantly been using the passing game there. Now, if you look at on Johnson, should you play him, should you not play him? Well, his average draft position was number 16. Meaning that average draft position for most guys, he was being drafted as a running back too. So that tells me that a lot of owners out there probably don't have a better guy on their bench that's going to get the volume of carries that Carrion Johnson is going to play. If you can sit Carrion Johnson this week, you should, but you probably are going to need to start him because you probably don't have a viable option that's more trustworthy than him. So based on value or volume, he has value, but it's better to sit him this week if you could do that. If you do have to start him, you better lower your expectations. As far as wide receivers go, you got Kenny Galladay. He's our best wide receiver. He's really beginning to distance himself from other wide receivers. There. He looks better and better each game there. Um, he's very good. 
Now the point the Vikings allowing the 15th most points to wide receivers, but if you break that down, uh, Devontae Adams did well versus the Vikings, but otherwise it's not the number one wide receivers, but the number two wide receivers that are getting a better matchup and put up the better numbers against the Vikings. So based on that, Kenny Galladay for me in this matchup is a wide receiver two or three based on your league size. Um, if you're in a large league, he's a wide receiver two. If you're in a small league, he's a wide receiver three. Um, just consider that. Marvin Jones. Averaging 5.8 targets per game, that's not high. This matchup is tougher. Um, I think his usage are going to increase in this one. I think he's going to see more targets than he has been seeing with Kenny Galladay being draped in coverage, but still carries a lot of risk. So for me, Marvin Jones is a wide receiver four in this one. Then Hawkinson, tight end. Um, guy's got a bright future in the league, but we have often talked about how tight ends take a while to mature. Uh, they take a while before they put up good numbers offensively or have that production. Now, he had a huge week one, but he slowed down expectedly. Nobody expected him to continue doing that, right? But he does play Minnesota alone, the seventh most points to tight ends. He's back after missing time with concussion. I would start him in this one, but I would start him with a lower expectation. Don't expect him to go back and do what he did in week one, but he could have five catches for 65 yards and a token TD. I would start kicker uh, Prater. In fact, uh, he's first in kicker points all year. He's been doing great. So start Prater in this one. And then the Lions defense, I would sit versus Minnesota, allowing the 10th fewest points to defenses. So what about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? Well, after being ridiculed um, by a lot of people, he's had two great games in a row. He's third in the league in quarterback rating right now at 108, and we said it all year long. It's kind of the reason why we stuck with Kirk Cousins and said he's got value there. He's got great weapons. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, you've got Delvin Cook. Now he's playing Detroit, a pass defense that's 28th in the NFL, on 28 passing yards per game, but also 15th fewest points to quarterback. So there are a lot, a lot of yards, but not a lot of passing touchdowns. Now, even though Cousins is playing better, um, I want to give him all the credit in the world. Coach Zimmer is still an old school guy. And so he wants to, he's going to want to establish the run, play a great defense. Kirk can be started. Um, we love the last two matchups that he's had, and we liked him in those and said you should start him. But in this one, playing on the road, it's going to present a few challenges for him there. He's outside the top 12 as far as quarterbacks go. We have him ranked around the 13 to 15 range, depending on your scoring system. That's where we have Kirk Cousins. So see if you've got better options there. Dalvin Cook, number two in fantasy points scored right now, only behind McCaffrey. Four out of Six games, had over 100 yards rushing. He's got six touchdowns on the year. The Lions allow the third most points to running backs. He's a must-start, a high-end running back one play in this week. Dalvin Cook is a stud start him. As far as wide receiver, we've got Adam Thielen. His yards and catches are down from last year, but he still has five touchdowns, and Kirk is playing better. So those numbers are going to go up. The downside is that they're not dependent on him. They don't have to force-feed Adam Thielen this one. Diggs is very good. Dalvin Cook is good there. They can spread out the touches and still move the ball. So for me, you got to start Adam Thielen. He's a very solid wide receiver, too but down from last year where he was off in a wide receiver one start. You have Stefan Diggs. So we leaned heavily um, in the last week's matchup with him. We said, you got to play this guy. He's got a great matchup. Play Stefan Diggs. Play Stefan Diggs. We really hope you listen to that advice. I did Daily Fantasy. He won me a bunch of uh, money in this one. Anyways, uh, concern with Stefan Diggs is he runs hot or cold. Uh, he's going to have games like that where he'll have huge games, 100 yards, two, three touchdowns, but then he can disappear. He's hard to sit, though, because of his potential. Um, and he can be inconsistent. Now, Detroit allows the 11th most points to wide receivers, so I would start Stephon Diggs as a low-end wide receiver, too. We said Adam Thin is a high-end wide receiver, too. Um, I would sit all tight ends. Irv Smith, um, Kyle Rudolph, sit both of them. Dan Bailey. Uh, Dan Bailey as a kicker is playing solid versus the Lions, allowing the ninth most points to kickers. Start Dan Bailey, and I would start the Vikings' defense. Um, though I would say this, right now the Vikings' defense is probably a better football defense than our fantasy defense, so you would start them, but they're not a great play. Um, what they like to do is they like to limit big plays, and they don't take chances because they don't take chances. A lot of times they're not getting quite the turnovers, sacks, interceptions, things like that, but you can still play that line. I'm sorry, the Vikings defense. All right, next up, we've got the Raiders versus the Packers, and I'd like to start off talking about the Packers simply because there's a lot of question marks there. 
I'll start off with Aaron Rodgers as always. And I think it's one of those things where he's been a good quarterback this year. He has been very effective for the Packers, but his fantasy numbers have been down. Um, I still think you got to play him this week, as I don't know if many of you guys have better quarterback options. But as always, his value is not quite what we expected it to be heading into this season. Really, what they have done with that team has certainly changed his role. Again, you have to start him. He has been phenomenal um, as far as just throughout his career and his effectiveness goes. But I wouldn't expect him to go out and get four touchdowns this game. Moving on to the running backs now, we've got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Funny, Aaron Jones was absolutely insane. Looked like he was running for one of the top running back spots as this elite fantasy back. And then all of a sudden, Jamal Williams comes back, and they completely lean on Jamal Williams. He has over 100 yards rushing. Now, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to say this. I don't trust Jamal Williams. In fact, I don't own Aaron Jones in any of the leagues that I'm in. I'm kind of surprised that I don't. I know that Rob does. If I were you guys, I would still start Aaron Jones this week. Now, there's a lot of question marks and nerves surrounding this situation. But you know what? We've seen these sort of games from Jamal Williams in the past. Look at his game logs. Look at his career. Jamal Williams has had monstrous games followed by pretty crappy games where he disappears. This just seems to be sort of his MO. I don't know what it is, but some guys in the NFL do that. And I don't know why. I don't know how it works itself out that way, but it does. There's a lot of risk, but with how good Aaron Jones has been playing when he has played and when he has gotten the carries that he needs to get, the numbers have been there. Inarguably, the production has been there. So I think you got to go with Aaron Jones. Now, I'm going to get a lot of pushback on that. A lot of people are going to hate me for that pick. And yet many, many times in the past, I can think of probably three separate times where either heading out of a big week for Jamal Williams or heading into a season, people have been kind of very negative on me for being very negative on Jamal Williams and saying I'm not a big Jamal Williamson fan. And yet every single time in the past we have seen his value has not held up. He's been very inconsistent, very high ceiling. But again, his value just doesn't hold up there. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. If you guys want to call me an idiot in the comment section down below, you guys have lots of fun with that. We'll move on now to Devontae Adams who not only did he miss last week, sounds like he had a setback in the recovery from his turf toe injury. We will update you guys on Friday as to whether or not he's going to be playing. Simply, we haven't heard anything, although things aren't looking great. I'd put him as questionable right now. Now, we've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Both these guys have seriously struggled to fill the role of Devonta Adams, and quite honestly, they've both been a bit disappointing. Now, part of this comes down to what I talked about earlier with Aaron Rodgers, that they're not throwing the ball as much as they used to. They've been running the ball. They've been playing defense. They haven't been requiring as much from their wide receivers. But the other thing being that they just haven't been that great. And we've seen that when, you know what, this Lazard guy, I don't know if you guys were watching that Lions game, but he goes out and pretty much this nobody, but this Lazard comes out and has four catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and he looks like a guy who could very well be the number two wide receiver in Green Bay. Do not start him this week. We really need some time to just sit back to wait and see. I don't trust him. However, he is a great waiver claim and target to go pick up. Jimmy Graham is a low-end tight end start as the Raiders give up the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends. Mason Crosby is a kicker that you should start. Over the last four weeks, he has 10 points in every single game, or more than 10 points in some of them, but at least 10 points, I should say. And the Packers defense, I would sit. They have managed 11 fantasy points combined in three weeks. Plus, the Oakland Raiders give him the 11th fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. So that is the Packers. Now, we will head over to the Raiders and Derek Carr. 
I would say sit Derek Carr this week. I don't think he's going to have a terrible week. I don't think he's going to be absolutely horrendous or horrible, but I don't think he's going to have a great day. And the Packers give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to QBs, so I would avoid starting him. Josh Jacobs is a must start. Not only do the Packers give up the third most fantasy points to running backs, so their run defense has struggled in games where the Oakland Raiders have given him more than 17 carries. Both those games, they've done twice this year. In both those games, he has had two rushing touchdowns apiece. If they can just learn and they can be smart enough to give this guy 18 to 20, 25 carries and they can lean on their running game, hopefully play some better defense, he can very well have another monstrous day. It simply comes down to whether or not that game is a blowout or not. Now, Tyrell Williams started off the season phenomenal, four touchdowns in his first four games, and then he gets hurt, doesn't really play against the Bears, and then has a bye week. So, few things going on. You may be concerned about his injury. However, he has had two full weeks to recover. That is huge news, and I believe at least last that I checked, he was not even marked as questionable. It's pretty confident that he's going to be playing. Now, I know some people, again, are concerned this is a tough matchup, but... Um, I don't think you have three wide receivers or three wide receivers and a flex spot that's going to be better than this guy. You may have one wideout that's better than him. Hey, maybe you got really good wideouts and maybe you got two guys, but you really have three wide receivers who have four touchdowns in their first four games. I doubt it. You got to play this guy. Moving on to Darren Waller. I think you got to play Darren Waller. He's averaging 15.8 fantasy points per game. And you know what? I should stop real quick and talk about another wide receiver being Zay Jones. Recently traded to the Oakland Raiders and has had some huge praise from Coach John Gruden. Don't start them him this week. I'm very excited to see he can do, but there's simply no trust there. And his whole career has kind of been filled with fantasy disappointment. Daniel Carlson is a guy that you should sit um, their kicker and you should sit the Raiders defense. That's my roundup for this matchup. I'm going to pass it back to Rob now. Talk about the Texans versus the Colts. Let's start with the uh, Texans players, Deshaun Watson. He's the number one quarterback in fantasy points scored right now. He's a weekly must-start versus the Colts. Give him the 13th most points to quarterback, so start Deshaun Watson this one. I think that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Talk about Carlos Hyde. Um, 16.5 carries per game, three times over 20 carries per game. Three last four games, he's had touchdowns scored, so he's a very solid running back, two in standard leagues. Now, I do think he lacks... Some of that value in PPR league scoring. He's not much used in the passing. In fact, on the year, he's got six catches for 22 yards. Not very good. Um, in fact, if you look at it in PPR league scoring, he's 28. So for me, he moves down to a running back three in PPR league scoring. But in standard leagues, he's got to be played very solid there. What about DeAndre Hopkins? His targets and catches are fine. His yards and touchdowns are way down. And if you own him and I do in one league, it's killing you a little bit there. Um, but that volume and the talent is just simply too high to ignore this guy. you got to play him in this one. Now, I think what's going to happen is Hyde, uh, some of the tight ends, and Fuller begin to produce or continue to produce. I think some of that defensive attention will lessen. Things will open up for him some. But he's too good to sit. I don't care how we struggle. You've got to play this guy. I know he's been disappointed. I own him, like I said. But start this guy as a wide receiver one again. Um, the numbers will come back. He will get better. He's too good to sit. So play him. How about Will Fuller? I think in his career, especially before this season, we talked about what a great connection he had with Deshaun in this one. Um, but I think what happened early in his career is that Watson, being a younger quarterback, would often force feed certain wide receivers. Now I think he's maturing, spreading the ball around, which is making him a better quarterback, but it's hurting some fantasy value of certain players. And I think Will Fuller might be one of those guys. We're reminded of what Will Fuller is capable of versus Atlanta, but then we have to remember that's the Atlanta defense that's horrible. In fact, Atlanta defense is 31st in scoring. They allow 31 points per game. Um, so that explosion that he had needs to be tempered a little bit, understanding the context of the game and what should happen. 
Now they're facing the Colts this week. They allow the 15th fewest points to wide receivers. So Will Foles, a wide receiver three, start in mid or large leagues. Um, I'd probably lean towards benching him if you have a better option in a smaller league. The other thing is Kenny Stills return. Um, and it looks like Kenny Stills is going to return this week. If that happens, it just lowers Will Fuller's value in that one. Uh, Kiki Cutie, right? I just love saying that name. It's so weird. Kiki Cutie. Anyways, uh, Kenny Stills should return this week. That means that he's a guy that you're going to sit. Uh, what about tight ends? Fells and Aiken. Um, Colts give the third most points to tight ends. But here's the thing with both of those tight ends. They both had games this year that said, okay, that's the way to look. Let's look at Aiken. Let's look at Fells. There's a lot of hype out there right now, Fells. But neither one of those players are getting usage as consistent. They're very inconsistent in the usage. It's hard to trust either player. I would find safer options to sit them both. Don't get a hold of that hype that's going around Fells right now. He's a career journeyman. As far as kicker go, I'd start Fairbairn. Uh, Houston defense playing the Colts along the fourth fewest points to defense. Is that Colts offensive line or offense doesn't allow a lot of points? I would sit the Texans defense. What about Jacoby Brissett? Okay, well, he struggled in the road versus Kansas City, but before that game, he played really well. He'd been playing really well. In fact, before that, he had 10 touchdown passes, only one interception. Now back home in week seven, where he's been much better at home versus the road. In fact, at home, his passing yards are 288 passing yards per game, but on the road, only 162. Playing the Texans, allowing the fourth most points to quarterbacks. A few minutes when the Texans face Kyle Allen, all the quarterbacks facing the Texans have averaged 25 fantasy points per game. So this is another great streaming option. If you need to pick up a quarterback and stream him, Jacoby Brissett's your guy. He's a uh, guy that I would definitely pick up and play. Now, he's not a top-tier quarterback, so if you've got a really good guy, obviously don't sit him for um, a great quarterback out there. But if you've got a quarterback that's got a tough matchup on a bye or dealing with an injury or something like that, he's definitely a guy that you could play this week. Well, Marlon Mack. Okay, between year one and year two, he had a huge boost. Last year, he really stepped it up. Uh, well, he's continued to play well this year. In fact, um, he showed that last year was not a fluke. Last year, he had a 4.7 yards per carry. After the year before, as a rookie, 3.8. Well, this year, his yards per carry at 4.7. The guy's showing he's the real deal. He's a very good start versus a Texans, allowing the 12th most points to running back. So start Marlon Mack as a running back, too, in this one. Then you got Hilton. Uh, he battled injuries a few weeks that he played there. He was kind of banged up, but he had a bye week now to get closer to 100% healthy. That's huge. I think he's great there. Now he had four touchdowns the first four weeks before being injured. He's been averaging 6.7 catches, 65 yards receiving per game. Playing the Texans, allowing the seventh most points to wide receivers. He's a high-end wide receiver to start in this one. you got to play T.Y. Hilton. Now I think another thing that bodes well for that start, too, is I think the Texans offense should put points on the board, forcing Brissett and that offense to keep up, meaning higher targets for Hilton there. So we expect uh, he'll have actually have a, I think at this point, the most targets he's had in the game is 10. I think he's going to beat that this week. What about the other wide receivers there? Yeah, Pascal, Campbell. Other targets usage cannot be trusted. They like to use their backs and tight ends out there and passing. Um, I would sit those guys. As far as tight ends go, you got uh, Doyle and Ebron. Uh, they both can and have had good games in their career. But Brissett is not as astute at using his tight ends like Andrew Luck was. They split usage and targets. Um, until one of them misses time with an injury, I wouldn't trust either one of those guys. If I had to lean on one, it would be Dole at this point. I think he's got better rapport with Jacoby Brissett. If you go all the way back to 2017, when he had 80 catches. And even this year, so far, it looks like he's got a little bit better rapport. But it's better to sit both of that, both those tight ends unless one of them is going to miss time with an injury. As far as kickers go, um, after a slow start, it looks like uh, Adam Vinatieri last three games is kicking well again, and he's back on the way he, uh, he should be. So I'd start Adam Vinatieri. Colts defense, um, I would sit versus Houston. Houston allows the 12 fewest points of defenses, and they're not a prolific defense to begin with, so I would just go ahead and sit that Colts defense. 
All right, now we'll be talking about the Cardinals versus the Giants. This actually seems to break down as a pretty simple one for me to talk about, at least as of right now. Kyler Murray's a guy I think you should start. He's averaging 22.5 fantasy points per game. There's just no arguing with those numbers. This is also a good matchup against a bad defense. David Johnson, same sort of thing. He's been a very productive fantasy back, and this is a great matchup against a very bad Giants defense, as I just mentioned, giving the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. Move on now to a little bit more of a confusing situation, still pretty clear though, is the Larry Fitzgerald-Christian Kirk situation. Now Christian Kirk um, has been banged up, missed the last few weeks. There is no current word as to whether or not he'll be playing this week. He was questionable last week, and it sounded like he may or may not play, ended up not playing. That could mean that he is getting pretty darn close to returning, and so maybe he does play this week, but who knows. If he does play, he's a guy you should start. The Giants give the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, Larry Fitzgerald is in a win-win situation. If Christian Kirk misses, he is in a very good matchup, as I just mentioned many times already, so I apologize for bashing the Giants defense, I guess. Um, but again, he gets that solid PPR and target boost. This guy's had at least five catches in every single game this season, but he also gets a major boost if Christian Kirk come back, comes back this week because both of his touchdowns and both of his 100 plus yardage games have come with Christian Kirk in, which means I think it's happening there. His defenses are just not able to pay quite as much attention to him. So Larry Fitzgerald is a guy I honestly think you should start either way in this matchup. Their tight end, Charles Clay, is someone you should sit. And I would actually start kicker Zane Gonzalez. He's actually not been a bad kicker this year. Uh, the Cardinals defense, I would sit them. They've been absolutely brutal. Now let's go on and talk about uh, the Giants and Daniel Carlson. Now, the Cardinals give it the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. However, he's a very risky start, and I think it depends on the health of his teammates. We're going to talk a lot about injuries right now, so let's get into that but before we do. Um, again, he's a very risky start. He's got in the last three weeks, he has three touchdowns to six interceptions. He hasn't been great, but he's done that in, I guess, a couple of tough defensive matchups, played against some good Ds, and he's played it without Barkley, without Evan Ingram, without Sterling Shepard. He very well could be getting all three of those guys back this week. Barkley, as I just mentioned, struggling with that high ankle sprain. Um, Hasn't been, hasn't been playing, excuse me, but he did practice yesterday. That's on Monday for those of you who are watching this video on a different day. So very well could be playing this week. I'm not going to make any predictions on this. Um, just not going to, I'm going to avoid this situation entirely as far as making any predictions. That's what our Friday video is for. We will update you there. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram are exactly the same situation as Barkley. All three of those guys, I'm going to say the same thing, mirror it for all those guys. They practice on Monday, didn't play the week before. They could very well be playing this week, and if they do play, they are a must-start. Now, Golden Tate had a phenomenal week last week, but Rob broke that down. That number is very, very much due to a lot of garbage time stats and high targets due to the fact that, as I've already mentioned, I feel like a million times, a lot of those players were missing Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard and Barkley. If two of those guys, if just two of those three guys return, I think you have to avoid playing Golden Tate this week. I think you should sit kicker Aldrich Rosas and sit the Giants defense. Man, that was a very quick breakdown. But as far as things I can tell you now, that's everything you need to know for this matchup this week. But again, this is going to be one of those situations where drop some comments down below. We will continue to update you and talk about the health of those players going into this week moving forward as we know more. As always, I'm going to pass it back to Rob and then I'll be back with my next game after he's done. Let's talk about the 49ers versus the Redskins here. 
Now, like the Bills game, I want to start talking about defense, kind of set some things up there, and then kind of get into this breakdown a little bit. Right now, the 49ers are second in the league behind the Patriots, only allowing 12.8 points per game. But in many ways, their defense has been much better than the Patriots because the Patriots have had a much easier schedule. If you look at the 49ers' defense, they've had tougher matchups. In fact, you saw last week how they shut down the Rams there. Their second league in defensive yards, allowing only allowing 237 per game. That defense, the 49ers' defense, is very, very, very good. Now, they're going to give Case Keenum and that whole offense a trouble. In fact, what I would say is based on the matchup, if you take a look at that, you're going to sit every player for the Redskins except for one player. We'll talk about who that is. Now, before I get into that one player, some people might say, what about Adrian Peterson? Right? Okay, let's look at Adrian Peterson. We pushed him hard last week. Uh, we liked him, and we were right. Um, but he was playing Miami, who allowed the most points to running backs. And this week, we're equally convinced, just like we said you need to start him last week, we're equally convinced that you should sit him this week. 49ers allowed the fewest points to running backs. Uh, Chris Thompson was a guy that we were leaning towards maybe starting as a flex play. We thought he could get high uh, volume there and usage um, as a check down wide receiver. Um, and we were right. We've been using him. We've been saying start Chris Thompson every week. Last week we said sit him. And so far we're at our analysis. But now what's happening, Ian, report, Ian Rappaport comes out and says Thompson um, has a mild uh, strain injury there. And he's looking questionable. He's got some doubt in whether or not he can make it in this game. So based on that injury report from Rappaport, I would say probably just go ahead and sit Chris Thompson in a tough matchup. The only player that I'd even consider playing for the Redskins is Terry McLaurin. Um, he's got all-world talent. We previewed him in the offseason, talked about how great he was going to be. We loved him all year. This guy's a stud. I think in this game they're going to be playing from behind and have to throw the ball quite a bit there. I think that volume could offset the tough matchup that he's going to have to some degree. Now, San Francisco allows the fourth-fewest points to wide receivers. So I would start him as a wide receiver three-year flex in larger leagues. When I say larger leagues, that's 14 teams or larger. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? So it's versus Washington allowing the seventh most points to quarterbacks. So initially it looks like a good stream, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that you should pick up and play this week. Um, but even versus Washington, who can be exposed by quarterbacks, I think I would still avoid Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's why. Uh, the 49ers defense is stifling. And I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I can't see Jimmy needing to throw much because I don't see Case Keenum doing much in this game there. They're only allowing 12.8 points per game like I had mentioned earlier. Um, and the 49ers don't like to take a lot of chances on offense. They like to play great defense. They like to run the ball a lot. I don't see Jimmy throwing the ball more than 20, 25 times in this game there. And so based on scheme, matchup, the fact they love to run the ball, they've got four very capable running backs there. Um, and if you look at Jimmy, Jimmy's playing five, but he's not playing great by any stretch. He's only got 1.4 TD passes per game and 232 passing yards per game. If you have to stream him, great, you can do that. But I'd try to find somebody else that's going to have better volume. As far as running backs go, Washington allows these six fewest points to running backs. So... Matt Breda. He's so talented. He's fast, explosive, but he's smaller. And the fact that he's smaller, San Francisco has got so many other backs, they want to keep that volume down for him. He's rarely going to break 15, 15 carries per game. He's always going to be in the 11, 12, 13 carries per game range. There's a lot of most to feed there. But he's too talented to sit. This guy's got a 5.0 yards per carry. Last year he had a 5.3 yards per carry. But you got Tevin Coleman back. You got Wilson there, Mostar, and that lowers his floor. So Matt Breda, somebody's going to correct me on that, or not. Um, I would say he's a running back three or flex play in this one. Then there's Tevin Coleman. Back-to-back -back weeks, he's led the team in carries. Uh, he's their biggest, most physical back of all of them. And he's had back-to-back -back week with rushing touchdowns. So for the same reason, I think he's got a lower ceiling in this one because of so many backs there and how it gets spread out. But I would say you can start Tevin Coleman as a running back too. As far as wide receivers, you got Godwin, Pettis, Samuel. Um, one, that great defense and running game, they're not going to need to throw the ball off, and no one has clearly distanced themselves from the other wide receivers significantly. Uh, Debo Samuel suffered a groin injury week six, so he's day-to-day. -day. Pettis has talent, but he had a bad drop last game that frustrated the team and the coach. Um, I would sit all three of those wide receivers. 
As far as tight ends go, George Kittle's a weekly start. This guy's a stud. Most efficient tight end, according to Pro Football Focus, play him. As far as kicker Gould go, he's missed some kicks, but I think that this is a great matchup for him. You're going to play him. He could, he could end up kicking you four or five field goals with nothing else. Just the extra points alone would be huge for you. Uh, San Francisco. Their second defensive fantasy points scored. They're playing great. Now they play the Redskins, allowing the seventh most points to defense and start the San Francisco one. Obviously, that's a no-brainer. So now we're going to break down the Chargers versus the Titans. And I tell you what, this week is filled with plenty of solid fantasy options and going to be some really interesting games to watch. However, this is not one of those games. We'll break down the Chargers first. And this is a bit of a mess of a game. But Phillip Rivers, um, he's a safe play. He doesn't have a high ceiling, but I think he's a safe play. And here's why. He's playing a good defense in the Tennessee Titans, but the Titans have been an absolute mess. With Hunter Henry coming back last game and having a phenomenal game, it adds another good receiver to his repertoire, to his options and his receiving corps. And it's a funny situation. The worse that team plays, the better Phillip Rivers does because he just throws the ball more. He gets more yards. He really, really benefits when the Chargers struggle. So uh, I think you can play him. Now, moving on to the running backs, a bit more of a, con I guess, confusing situation. I don't know if it's necessarily confusing as much as I would say a situation I'm a little bit anxious about, tend to avoid if you can. Here's the breakdown. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, both guys struggled last week, but hopefully that is not a sign of everything that's happened this year. Eckler had some great games at the beginning of the year, so I think part of that was just down to one bad week, one tough matchup. But Gordon saw a few more carries and even had more receiving yards than Eckler. I think to me it's um, starting to be clear that Melvin Gordon is returning to his role as the clear-cut number one back in that offense. I would sit Austin Eckler this week as his limited touches, time, and carries will be even more hurt by this tough matchup. Melvin Gordon, as what I think is going to, you know, get some rust off, I think he's going to be that number one back. I think he's going to continue to see more touches this week. I would still tend to try to avoid to get some better options than him. I would still try to put somebody in there as another starter. However, to be honest, so many people just don't have a better option. I mean, for many of you who drafted Melvin Gordon, you often had to draft him early enough that you probably weren't able to go out and get three or four other good running backs. I'm in a league where I've got plenty of other good running back options, and so I may not play him this week, but I know you all don't have that luxury. It very much depends on your weapons and what you're working with this week. With injuries and bye weeks, that seriously hurts it, and so I think many of you are going to have to play him. That depends on your situation. Leave a comment down below if you want some more advice on that. Keenan Allen struggled the last few games. You still got to start this guy. He's still Keenan Allen. He is a phenomenal wide receiver. And Mike Williams, it's hard to argue with this guy's volume. He's got 30 targets in the last three games played. Um, like I just said, it's hard to argue with that volume. I think you got to play him for sure. Hunter Henry is another guy who I think that you have to play. Last game, he had nine targets, eight catches, 100 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I highly doubt you have a better tight end option than that. So he's definitely a guy you should play. I would uh, sit the Chargers uh, kickers situation. It seems like every week they're starting a new kicker. It's a very confusing situation. Now, if Ty Long plays as their kicker, last time he kicked, he did have 16 fantasy points, but there's too much confusion there. I would avoid that situation. I would start the Chargers defense. Tennessee is an absolute mess. Heck, they don't even know what quarterback they're going to play, and they've given up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Flip sides now to the Tennessee Titans. I think you can sit both Tannehill and Mariota. Heck, like I was just talking about is uncertain as to who's even going to finish the year as the starter. I think you got to avoid that situation. Now, Derrick Henry, this is a difficult matchup against uh, 
against the Chargers. They're giving the 13th most fantasy points to running backs, and they've done that against Philip Lindsay, Connor, Kerryon Johnson. All those guys have lit this defense up, so I think that you should play Derrick Henry in this week. Again, it's a difficult matchup in that their quarterback situation is so bad, there's a lot of apprehension, but I still think you have to play him, especially in standard leagues. Corey Davis, in all but one game this year, he has had less than 50 yards, four catches, and no touchdowns. Production hasn't been there. And the same thing goes for A.J. Brown, where in all but two games this year, he's had less than 50 receiving yards, less than four catches, and had no touchdowns. I think you got to sit him. Delaney Walker is a tight end that you should sit if you can avoid it, though many of you can't. So you will be playing him as a plug-and-play option, maybe for injuries or bye weeks or whatever it may be. But I would avoid him if you can. I would sit Titans kicker Cairo Santos, and I would sit or excuse me, I would start the Titans defense as the Chargers are going to be 10th most fantasy points to opposing defenses. That's my wrap-up for the Chargers-Titans. I will pass it back to Rob, and I'll see you guys in my next game breakdown. Let's go to the Bears versus the Saints. Before we get into breakdown, let's just set the narrative for this game. That's going to tell us a lot about who we can trust and who you can start. So let's look at the Bears' offense. They're 27th in points scored. They're not playing well. They're 30th in passing yards on 185 per game. The best running back, Montgomery, has only got 3.3 yards per carry. That offense is bad. Now you add to that, they're playing the Saints' defense that's played really good. In fact, during the four games that Teddy's been the starter, they only allowed 16.75 points per game. That would put them 7th in the league. Now they're playing a struggling Bears' offense. Now let's look at the Bears' defense. As we know about the Bears' defense, that Bears' defense is really good. They're third in the league in points allowed, only 13.8. They're six in yards allowed. So this could easily become a very low-scoring defensive battle. So buyer beware any players you're going to play in this one. So with quarterback Chase McDaniel, Mitch Trubisky, does it really matter who plays in this one? Obviously, it's going to be Chase Daniel. Pretty certain it doesn't matter. Sit those guys, sit the quarterbacks. David Montgomery, uh, he's playing the Saints a lot with six fewest points to running back. So he's already struggling. He's going to have a tough matchup versus them. Now, he's getting goal line carries, but only has 45 rushing yards per game. That's not good. Uh, so he's really on what I would call on the bubble for some of you owners out there. For you, it's going to be based on who's on your bench, waiver wire availability, scoring system like that. He's a player that's best to sit this week if you can afford it. But in larger leagues, some are going to be pressed to start him um, because he is getting volume and he's their bell cow at this point. So try to sit the guy if you can. As far as wide receivers, the Bears wide receivers go, Allen Robinson. He's hands down their best player on offense. Uh, his numbers would be better, but they've had a few games they just didn't need to throw much. We highlighted him in the preseason, said somebody who's got wide receiver one talent, he's out for a big year. Right now he's on pace for 99 catches, 1,204 yards, and 6.5 touchdowns. Starting this week is a solid wide receiver too. Trey Bird disappointed last season until that offense starts to produce and he starts to show some things, sit him. Uh, the kicker, Eddie's been good. Uh, start their kicker in this one could be a field goal battle. Now that Bears defense, um, maybe a little bit lower ceiling versus the Saints. That Saints offensive line is tough to get pressure, but still you got to start the Bears in this one. As far as Teddy Bridgewater goes, uh, besides a Tampa Bay game, he's been more of a game manager. Now versus a good Bears defense, allowing the fifth fewest points to quarterbacks, sit Teddy Bridgewater. Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara heading into week six, he was on pace to break his total yards and catches. So even though uh, the efficiency wasn't there and he wasn't getting touchdowns, um, he's still a guy that you've got to play. Um, and PPA scoring, he's still averaging 19 points per game. So start him as a running back, too, against a tough Bears team. But you still got to play Alvin Kamara. Um, don't make the mistake and sit him. Michael Thomas. Uh, his stats and value really hasn't changed much with uh, Drew Brees out. He's still been productive. He's a weekly must-start wide receiver one in this one. And there's Jared Cook. Back-to-back -back weeks with touchdowns. We like when he came in. We thought he would do well in this offense. Heard that Brees has been gone. But I would start Jared Cook versus Chicago, allowing the eighth most points to tight ends. As far as Will Lutz, a kicker goes, he's a mid-range start in this one. I would play him. Uh, Saints defense, they've had double-digit points scored in three last four games. Start versus a struggling Bears offense. 
All right, now I'll be breaking down the Ravens versus Seahawks. Why not start off with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson? He is a clear must-start. He has been absolutely phenomenal, and at least my opinion, the clear front-runner for the MVP race. But if you disagree, you think you have a better MVP option, leave it in the comments section down below. I think it's time to start talking about the MVP race. Definitely something that I'm excited about. But we'll move on with the fantasy stuff we're talking about here. And Chris Carson is the guy you got to start. Over the last three games, he's averaging 24 carries per game and over 100 yards. You just can't argue with that production. He has been electric. Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, excuse me, struggling with that hamstring. Hasn't been nearly effective as Carson. You got to sit this guy this week. Now move on to wide receiver Tyler Lockett. This guy hasn't had an incompleted target since four weeks ago. You absolutely have to play Tyler Lockett. He has been phenomenal. DK Metcalf, he's in a good matchup. The Ravens give the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers, and he's been great for a rookie. He's been very helpful in that offense. He's been an okay fantasy option for me. He comes in as a uh, fantasy option wide receiver three this week. If it were the beginning of the season and there weren't bye weeks and there weren't injuries, I would say maybe a wide receiver four, but I think he bumps into that wide receiver three range. He does make me nervous because um, I feel like I'm sort of betting on him scoring a touchdown that week. If I start him, that's where a lot of his fantasy value comes from, and I just hate to do that with a guy who's so young like that, but he gets a boost for Will Disley being out, and as I mentioned before, bye weeks and injuries boosts him up into this range. Now, wide receiver John Brown had two touchdowns last week. He looked pretty good. But he did off just three catches. He did that off of just three catches. I'll repeat that. Sorry, I guess uh, mumble a little bit. But I'm not buying the hype, guys. I wouldn't start him this weekend. I don't think that you should either. Will Disley is out and on the IR. That makes Luke Wilson the starting tight end this week. I imagine the Seattle Seahawks are going to trade for another tight end option if they feel like they need one. Wilson has not been really a very prolific pass catcher. I would start their kicker, Jason Myers, and I would sit the Seattle Seahawks defense. Flipping side now to the Baltimore Ravens, I think you got to sit Lamar Jackson. He started off hot, but he has struggled lately, and things haven't looked good for him. The Seattle Seahawks have allowed four touchdown passes over the last game, essentially allowing just one touchdown per game. I think you got to sit Lamar Jackson. You got to start Mark Ingram. It's hard to argue. This guy's got seven touchdowns in six games. How are you not going to play this guy? Absolutely play him. I would sit Marquez Brown. He missed last week with that ankle injury. And you know what? He's been marked this day today. His fantasy numbers just haven't been phenomenal the last few weeks with the struggles of Lamar Jackson and his injury. You got to sit this guy. Willie Sneed, sit this guy. Um, if Marquez uh, Brown plays, he becomes the wide receiver too. Doesn't hold a lot of value. If, uh, if Marquez sits, Willie Sneed bumps into that wide receiver one role, but he really wasn't very productive in that role last week. You got to start tight end Mark Andrews. You just have to. He's been very productive this year. And you got to start Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the NFL. Well, I would sit the Ravens defense. I went over things pretty fast in this breakdown. So if you'd like to hear more, you need more advice, more clarification, leave a comment down below and I will make sure to answer that. But I'm going to pass it back to Rob and I will see you guys for my next breakdown. All right, guys, we get to break down the Cowboys versus the Eagles. This is going to be a fun divisional matchup. I believe the winner of this matchup will be leading the division. So a lot riding on this game. Let's start off with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Now, as we've talked about in many weeks in the past, the Eagles are an absolutely horrible pass defense, making uh, Dak Prescott look like a good start this week. But... Let's evaluate some things. Let's consider a few things. One, he started off very hot this year, but he has struggled lately. That team has struggled. Heck, they just fired Jason Garrett. So there is a lot of things kind of up in the air, a lot of concerns with that team right now. But again, I think there's a lot to like about him in this good matchup. However, what we need to break down the most important thing is Amari Cooper. 
Mark Cooper is struggling with this quad injury and his availability for week seven is quote, seriously in question. Guys, it's very, very possible that Amari Cooper will not be playing in this game. I'm not here to say anything about that or make any predictions. That's what the Friday video is for. Let's just take a look at both of the possibilities. If Amari Cooper plays in this good matchup with two good wide receivers, Dak Prescott, you should start him. If Amari Cooper sits, I think you should sit Dak Prescott. He makes me nervous without his number one quarterback in the struggles lately. Of course, guys, you're going to start Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not even going to waste your time. Start him. That's pretty short and simple. Michael Gallup, the Eagles give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, and Gallup benefits seriously from this Amari Cooper injury. Whether or not Cooper plays, he is going to have an increased role because at the very least, Cooper will be banged up. Michael Gallup is a must-start wide receiver this week. Jason Witten comes in as a low-end tight end play against the uh, Eagles, who have given up the fifth most, 15th most fantasy points to tight ends. Excuse me. Uh, Brett Maher is another guy who comes in as nothing more than a low-end start at the kicker position. And I would sit the Cowboys defense. Now we'll go on to the Eagles and Carson Wentz. This is a difficult situation. I think I think you should sit Carson Wentz. Uh, this is very difficult. I want to say start him. I like him. But Dallas Cowboys give the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Cowboys have allowed just five passing touchdowns in the last six games. They're allowing less than one passing touchdown per game. I think that's a situation I tend to want to avoid. Jordan Howard, I think he's a, a guy that you should probably start. Now, again, it always depends on your league and your situation and the weapons that you've got. The Cowboys give the 10th most fantasy points to running backs. And over the last four games, Howard is averaging 13 carries a game, and he's got four touchdowns. To be quite honest, he's really solidified his role as a main back in that offense. I think you should sit Miles Sanders. We've really seen over the last four weeks, Miles Sanders' role has been extremely relegated and moved back as Jordan Howard has seemingly outperformed him. Alshon Jeffrey is a, is a wide receiver you got to play this week. Yes, it is a tough matchup, but he's got three touchdowns in the last four games that he has played. He is a must start. Probably not going to come in as a wide receiver one this week, uh, but I will call him a low wide receiver two. Heck, he had a fairly good game, got a lot of targets and a lot of catches last week versus uh, Rhodes in that good Vikings defense. Now, the other wide receiver to discuss here is uh, Deshaun Jackson. He is questionable, and Coach Doug Peterson came out and said that he probably won't practice on Wednesday, struggling with an abdomen. So right now he seems to be day-to-day -day as questionable. If he does play Deshaun Jackson, we saw what he did week one. He comes in as a wide receiver three play, but this is a tough matchup. He's still struggling with that abdomen injury and uh, hasn't really been practicing. I don't imagine he's going to be playing in this game. Zach Ertz, you guys know Zach Ertz is a great play. You must start him. This is a good matchup against the Cowboys, giving him the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends. Jake Elliott, you got to start him, and I would sit the Eagles' defense. That is my breakdown for this game. Pretty short and simple and to the point. It all really depends. I think a lot of this game is going to depend on the health of Amari Cooper, so that is something you absolutely must monitor. All right, guys, we'll finish off our start sit video with the last game being kind of a lopsided one that is Patriots versus the Jets. And I want to take a minute to just appreciate how just dominant Tom Brady has been. This guy has been phenomenal. Look at his stat line. It's impressive because not only has he got good fancy numbers, uh, what we don't see very often is quarterbacks who have good fancy numbers in blowout games. So, so look at this. Week one, they win 33-3. to three. He still throws for 341 yards and three touchdowns. Week two, they win 43 nothing. He still has two touchdowns. Against the Jets in week three, 30-14 to 14 victory. He throws 306 yards and two touchdowns. It's a bad week against Buffalo. And then against Washington, they went 33-7. to seven. He still throws 
throws for 348 yards and three touchdowns. And last week against the Giants, they went 35 to 14. He still throws for 334 yards. It is absolutely insane what he's been able to do in his pure usage. He is a must start this week, despite what happened to Dallas last week. Don't be spooked. Sony Michelle is averaging just 3.5 fantasy points per game. You can't trust this guy. I wouldn't start this guy, depending on your situation. This could very well be a blowout, and he could get a lot of carries. But James White usage has been increased. Rex Burkett can get some carries, and heck, the Jets looked pretty good last week. Maybe this game isn't quite as much of a blowout as it has been. So that is a situation where I'm going to tend to avoid starting Sony Michelle. He does have lowered value in PPR, of course. But I know that many of you, due to maybe a bad draft, bad luck, injuries, bye weeks, whatever it may be, you may have to play him. That's going to depend on your situation. And if you're on the fence and not certain, as always, that's what the comment section is down in the is down there below for you guys to ask questions. Now, James White. James White has just 62 rushing yards on the season, but he has still scored at least 11.9 fantasy points per game in every single game this year. James White is the definition of a PPR-specific guy. You cannot start him in a standard league, but you have to start him in a PPR league, it feels like. His production has been great. In the only game, tough game, excuse me, in the only tough game versus the Bills, he had 10 targets, 8 catches, and 57 yards. He is the head back in that offense, and whenever the Patriots struggle, they lean on James White. This is not probably not going to be the game where they're going to struggle, but in games in future against better teams, he's going to have an even more value than he's had recently. He's got to consider in PPR leagues. I wouldn't start him in standard. Julian Edelman, you have to start Julian Edelman. Over the last four games, he has been good. He has had two 100-yard games and two touchdowns. He's been phenomenal. Plus, he gets a huge boost if Gordon is out this week. Gordon got hurt last week and did not return. We're going to talk about his injury more in a second. But you know what? That led to Julian Edelman getting 15 targets. He's a must, must start this week. Now, here's what we know about Josh Gordon. He hurt his knee in last week's game and did not return. However, he was on the sidelines for the entirety of the game, riding on a stationary bike, telling us that it is not a serious injury. Now, I would say if it's not a serious injury, we would expect him to return. However, the Patriots are like 6-0. They look absolutely fine with no concerns, and they've got plenty of wide receiving options. I'm going to say they play it cautious, they play it smart, and that he doesn't play this week, but that's what the Friday update video is for, so I guess shouldn't be making any predictions. Now, Philip Dorsett and Jacoby Myers, both these guys have showed potential. They've looked very good. Uh, Philip Dorsett is a guy to consider with Josh Gordon out, but I don't think either of them have massive fantasy value. Ted and Ryan Izzo, you should sit him. And I think if you're looking for a fair stream this week, Mike Nugent is in a good matchup and in a good offense. And I would start the Patriots defense. They've been absolutely phenomenal. They say the stats don't lie, and I believe that. And the stats say that the Patriots defense is the best in the NFL right now. Finally, we're going to break down the Jets uh, situation right now. Now, if there were ever a week where I would just say, um, clean your hands, step away from this situation, and don't start any Jets players, they're in a tough matchup, this would be the week. But we don't, not everyone has that luxury. I've said this a million times in this video, but with bye weeks, with injuries, with disappointments, with bad drafts, whatever it may be, we don't all have that luxury. So here's the breakdown. Some of you are going to have to start some of these guys, but it's a situation of players that I tend to want to avoid. Sam Darnold, Patriots give him the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. For me, he's a sit this week. Le'Veon Bell, now the sec Patriots giving up the second fewest fantasy points to running backs and 
Bell has struggled on the ground, but he's on pace for 84 receptions. He's at 10-plus fantasy points every game this year. He's a definite sit in standard leagues for me, um, but in a PPR league, he's a guy I think you got to play. He's actually scored a 40% less fantasy points in standard than he has in PPR. That tells you how huge uh, scoring matters for your league. Again, I just said in standard leagues, sit Le'Veon Bell. However, I know many of you do not have that luxury, so contextualize it for your league ask questions if you have advice i do want to protect myself because i know someone's going to say you know hey i have to start him this week are you stupid okay well that very much depends so move on now to the wide receivers robbie anderson is in a very tough matchup patriots give the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers but he's got some upside he's a very risky play this game in the last five games that robbie anderson has played with Sam Darnold under center in the last five games, he has four touchdowns. The production has been there. I think if you're looking for a risky wide receiver three play, Robbie Anderson could be the guy. He could have a monster day. We saw what Golden Tate did against the Patriots. Sometimes garbage time stats is all you need. Jamison Crowder, if you're looking for a PPR wide receiver three or plus flex play to get you by for a week, this guy might be the league-specific sort of guy to go with. Get this, in his last two games playing for the Jets with Sam Darnold, just to clarify there, he had 17 targets, 14 catches, 99 yards. And then last week he had nine targets, six catches, and 98 yards. Jamison Crowder has been very effective with Sam Darnold, and I think he comes in as a fair wide receiver three play. Now I would uh, sit the rest of the wide receivers there for the Jets, and I would sit Chris Herndon. Not only is he questionable with a hamstring, this is a tough matchup, and he is rusty, missed a lot of time with suspensions. I would sit the Jets defense and their kicker, Sam Ficken. That is our breakdown and the final breakdown for this week, guys. This is a long video, but it was filled with tons of awesome information. I hope that it helped you guys as always. I'll say it one more time. I'm sorry for saying it, but as always, leave a comment down below if you guys have any questions. Thank you so much for supporting us. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal, and we thank you so much for being here alongside us as we're able to have a lot of fun this year and in years past doing fantasy. Thanks for sticking around. God bless and take care.